0: Downloading this podcast from the Freedom Center Church in Preston. You know that song, Reckless Love of God? Well, you know, recently we've been in America and uh, we had to do a lot of driving when we were in America, and uh, so we put on the Christian radio. The one thing in, in America. Every channel you put on this Christian music, you know, there's loads of Christian channels. It's so good. And this song was just blaring out. You should have heard Jack and I were driving along singing the top of our voices, <laughs> singing this song, uh, just so exciting. You know, just the love of God is mind-blowing. It's greater than we can ever understand. You know, we cannot understand the power of his love. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Okay, I'm going to take my watch off. Why are you taking your watch off? Well, <laughs> I have got very strict instructions today. <laughs> and if I don't obey by them, I'm going to have a lot of men chasing me out of this building. <laughs> so I'm hopefully going to keep an eye on my watch. I know there's a clock over there, but I can never quite see it. And uh, hopefully I will not go over. Um I'll try to keep the script, but you know, you never know, you see, that what God is up to. So sometimes you go uh, above and beyond. Okay, I'm going to start by reading from Acts chapter 10, verses 1 to 36 from the Message Bible. There was a man named Cornelius who lived in Caesarea, captain of the Italian, Italian guard stationed there. He was a thoroughly good man. He had led everyone in his house to live worshipfully before God, was always helping people in need, and had the habit of prayer. One day, about three o'clock in the afternoon, he had a vision. An angel of God as real as his next-door neighbor came and said, Cornelius? Cornelius stared hard, wondering if he was seeing things. Then he said, what do you want, sir? The angel said, your prayers and neighborly acts have brought you to God's attention. Here's what you are to do. Send men to Joppa to get Simon, the one everyone calls Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is down by the sea. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two servants and one particularly devoted soldier from the guard. He went over with them in great detail, everything that had just happened, and then sent them off to Joppa. The next day, as the three travelers were approaching the town, Peter went out on the balcony to pray. It was about noon. Peter got hungry and started thinking about lunch. That's a typical man, sorry. (laughs) While lunch was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the skies open up, something that looked like a huge blanket lowered by ropes as its four corners settled on the ground. Every kind of animal and reptile and bird you could think of it was on it. Then a voice came, go to it, Peter, kill and eat. Peter said, oh, no, Lord, I, I've never so much as tasted food that was not kosher. The voice came a second time. If God says it's okay, it's okay. This happened three times, and then the blanket was pulled back into the skies. As Peter puzzled, sat there trying to figure out what it all meant, this men sent by Cornelius showed up at Simon's front door. They called in asking if there was Simon, also called Peter, staying there. Peter, lost in thought, didn't hear them, so that the spirit whispered to him, "'Three men are knocking at the door looking for you. Get down there and go with them. Ask, Don't ask questions. I sent them to get you.' Peter went down and said to the men, "'I think I'm the man you're looking for. What's up?' They said, Captain Cornelius, a God-fearing man, well-known for his fair play, ask any Jew in this part of the country, was commanded by a holy angel to get you and bring you to his house so he could hear what you had to say. Peter invited them in and made them feel at home. The next morning he got up and went with them. Some of his friends from Joppa went along. A day later, they entered Caesarea, and Cornelius was expecting them and had his relatives and close friends waiting with him. The minute Peter came through the door, Cornelius was up on his feet, greeted him, and then down on his face, worshipping him. Peter pulled him up and said, none of that. I'm a man, only a man, no different from you. Talking things over, they went into the house where Cornelius introduced Peter to everyone who come. Peter addressed them. You know I'm sure that this is highly irregular. Jews just don't do this. Visit and relax with people of another race. But God has shown me that ra- no race is better than any other. So the, minute, so the minute I was sent for, I came, no questions asked. But now I'd like to know why you sent for me. Cornelius said, Four days ago, at about this time, mid-afternoon, I was home praying. Suddenly, there was a man right in front of me, flooding the room with light. He said, Cornelius, your daily prayers and neighborly acts have brought you to God's attention. I want you to send to Joppa to get Simon, the one they call Peter. He's staying with Simon the Tanner down by the sea. So I did it. I sent for you and you've, got, you've been good enough to come. And now we're all here in God's presence, ready to listen to whatever the master put in your heart to tell us. Peter fairly exploded with good news. It's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God on a ready to do as he says, the door is open. Amen. Amen. So the title is called Prayer Opens Doors. Prayer Opens Doors. You know, it must have been about three years ago, and Jack and I, we were at a Bonnie and Mahesh conference in Charlotte in the USA, and you've all heard about Mahesh. Uh, a lot of you know that he has incredible healing ministry worldwide he has written many books on prayer and fasting he ran watch the lord for years and years and they saw incredible miracles happen in their church and uh, had real incredible supernatural encounters with god they saw a glory ca- cloud come into their building they had feathers coming down from heaven the glitter everything they had just god just kept sh- showering his blessing on them but such a, we have such a respect for this couple absolutely adore them and we were at their conference and during the conference um one of the ladies who had a real they have a team who have uh, prophetic gifts and we have workshops and went to a workshop and this lady she just said susan she said you know god has said to me that god is going to use you to open doors and I thought, oh, that's very kind of you, God. I opened quite a few doors, you know, as I go along. That's really great. But, no, God actually showed me in that instant when she said that, I saw what she meant. You know, that God had actually, over the years, have, we've seen incredible stuff happen. Over the years, you know, the contacts that we've made. You know, the connections we've made, the different nations that we've been to, planting the Freedom Center. You know, we've seen many people healed over these years. You know, and many people saved across the nations and here, you know, which is so exciting, so exciting. You know, and God said, you know, that this happened because of prayer. This happened because of prayer and obedience. Prayer and obedience it comes hand in hand with God. Prayer and obedience. Prayer and obedience. Hallelujah. What a good God he is. You know, it's something we don't like that word obedience, do we? We don't always like that. But that is what comes hand in hand with prayer. You know, from a very young age, I guess from maybe the age of five, you know, I discovered that I needed to pray. I needed to pray because many of you know my story and some don't, but I came from a very difficult family background. You know, I had a mother who suffered with a very extreme form of bipolar. And our family life was like going on a roller coaster. If you've ever been on a roller coaster and you're hanging on for dear life and you're going up that hill and you know you're going to (laughs) come... right down on the other side, you will scream your head off. Well, life was a bit like that in my family. You know, I, one minute it was calm, and the next minute it was like hell all breaking out. And as a little girl of five, it was pretty scary sometimes. And, you know, and I didn't know where to go. And so through my childhood, I totally lost my confidence. I had no confidence. I was the most painfully shy Uh, little girl you would ever know. I could hardly speak to anybody. Even the teachers at school could hardly get a word out of me. And, um, you know, I was so scared once. I wanted to go to the toilet and I was so scared to ask the teacher that she thought I was being misbehaving and ended up caning me (laughs) for that. And, you know, a lot of you can remember your childhood. You can look back and you can reflect on that. Some of us have had tough childhoods and it's really hard. But You know, I've been so privileged because God rescued me from such a young age. He really did. And every night I would kneel by my bed, I would seek God, I would just, you know, I didn't even know what to pray because sometimes I was just so lost for words because things were so bad at home, I couldn't even speak. I couldn't tell anyone. I had a sister, and she was the same as me. We had each other. We couldn't tell anybody. We lived in the days when you didn't really say anything. Everything was hidden behind closed doors. You couldn't phone up the you know, Samaritan helpline. There was nothing like that. I couldn't tell the teachers, you know, and they didn't know what goes on in the background. And so, you know, as a child, I, I lived in this constant not knowing what was going to happen next and, and, and just knowing that I had nobody, only Jesus. And for a very young age, Jesus in came into my room, I had a supernatural experience when I was very ill once, and Jesus came into the, my room. He came and laid hands on my head so i 've had a journey of of a lot of supernatural experiences with angels and with encounters with jesus and I can only say that you no know, prayer was a key. prayer was the key. you know I found and discovered that prayer. Just unlocked so many things in my life. It made me so hungry for Jesus. It made me so desperate to go in a deeper relationship with Him. And you know, fearlessly, I used to grab my guitar and run on the streets and sing on the streets and tell people about Jesus. You see, I had no confidence in myself, but when I knew Jesus, I had a different confidence. It was a totally transformation. People couldn't believe who I was from that to that. And when I came into the presence of Jesus, I could speak, I could talk, I could pray, I could sing, You know, I could dance, I could do all these things through the power of Jesus. But in my own strength, I was like a little withering flower and I couldn't do it. You know, God showed me that you know that it's all about a relationship. You know, it's so important, your relationship with Jesus. It's so important that you know in a relationship, and especially if you're married, and I know that, you know, Jack has wonderfully sp- uh, preached on this over the past sessions on prayer, that in a relationship, if you don't listen to your partner, there's going to be trouble. There's going to be trouble. You're never going to really know who they are. You're never going to know what their heart is, what they're really feeling. You're never going to understand them. You're just going to have this distance between you. You're never going to have that deep relationship. And, you know, that the thing that you have to learn in a relationship is that it's built on trust. It's built on trust, and you have to learn to trust each other. Now, I know that's hard sometimes, because in relationships, trust can be broken. In our earthly flesh, we fail. You know, we get things wrong, and it can be broken. And so, trust is a big thing that we need to learn to trust. And this is all Jesus asks. This is all he asks. Trust me. Trust me in your relationship trust me in your relationship. Cornelius had an amazing relationship with God. He was a Jew, but he had this incredible relationship with God. He loved prayer. And the Message Bible says, he had the habit of prayer. And I love that. I absolutely love the way it says he had a habit of prayer. So I looked up the meaning of habit. It says something that you do often and regularly. Sometimes, something, without knowing that you are doing it. Now, we all have bad habits, including me. I have terrible habits. I like to pick the split ends off my hair. Anyway, we all have terrible bad habits. And, you know, but this was an incredible good habit. You know, when you get a good habit, it means that it is something that you do regularly. It's something that actually becomes a part of you. It just becomes a part of you. And that is what happened with Cornelius. Prayer was a part of him. He loved to talk to God. You know, it wasn't a boring thing to do, it was something he was felt honored to do that he loved to do, to come and pray before God. Hallelujah. And you see, and the thing was about Cornelius. He was so obedient, and he did what God... Now, could you imagine if suddenly an angel appeared in your room and says, okay, I want you to go and get Simon, Peter, and bring him here? You know, you think, whoa, just hang on a minute. Let me just get myself together. But you see, that is God. You see, God does amazing things. And Cornelius, he was obedient. He did what God asked, and he brought Peter. He called Peter to come. And to come to him, and they came together, different people, different characters, different personalities, all came together in that room. And it was amazing. And Peter was able to share what God was doing. He was able to bring God's word to that group of all sorts of people mixing together. And, you know, you heard what Peter said, unusual that this would happen. This doesn't normally happen, all these different people coming together. You see, Peter said, you know, God plays no favorites. He loves us all, every single one of us. There are no favorites. God does not have a favorite. And you know, when our kids grew up, you know, one of them would say, you love her better than you love me. And I always say, no, I love you unconditionally. I'll adore you. You're my baby. I'll always love you. But you know, that is what happens. Sometimes siblings start and they think, oh, you love them more than me or you love them more than this. But you see, God isn't like that. He doesn't say, oh, I love her more than I love her. No, he absolutely loves us unconditionally. And he has no favorites. He went on to say, it makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. The door is open. Do you know, as Peter shared and as they prayed, the Holy Spirit just came came from heaven and filled that place. And they all started speaking in languages and tongues and were filled with the Spirit of God because they were in unity in the presence of God. And they were willing in their spirit to open up, open up in their prayers, open up in their conversation to allow the Spirit of God to come into that room. Now, you can have a, a, a prayer meeting in a room, and you can be the most natural thing. You can be praying, but you can also be very concise and also almost hedged in. So much so that sometimes you actually don't even let God in on your prayers. I know that sounds weird, but I've seen it happen. That people can just pray automatically without any real spiritual connection in heaven but when you open the door spiritually you see the presence of god come in it's amazing acts 11:18 it said it's really happened god has broken through to the other nations open them up to life And that's what happened. It wasn't just in that room all over the nations. There was a breakthrough supernaturally. And God's spirit came supernaturally. And the power of God flooded in those nations. And the door was open. Hallelujah. If that hadn't happened, where would you be today? Where would you be today? The power of a relationship changes things. It does. There's power in the relationship with Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. It opens doors more than you can ever, ever imagine. Ever imagine. You know, when God called us to build our home, it was a broken down barn you know, somebody came along and said, God's told me this is the house you're meant to have. And I laughed and I said, oh, God, you've got a sense of humor. Do you really think I want to start developing an old broken down barn and building it? I really don't want to do this. And, uh, you know, but God has a sense of humor sometimes. But actually, it wasn't just that. He actually had a plan and a purpose for us to build this barn. And he, he kept saying, I want you to reclaim the land. I want you to reclaim the land. And we thought, okay, okay, okay. He just wants us to move into Longton, do this barn up, and live here and be um, an outreach to the people around. But God kept saying to reclaim the land. Do you know, we had no idea the journey of faith we were going to have to go on when God told us to do something with this barn, had no idea the amount of prayer and fasting and intercession of the journey he was going to take us on. Well, you know, during we, uh, when we were doing the build, I used to have to, because we weren't living on the site, we were living somewhere else. So I decided at that point to put our daughter, our youngest daughter into school, uh, into the area that we were building the barn. And uh, every day I would have to drive to that school and uh, and then drive there and pick my daughter up from there and um, It was quite an interesting experience because I suddenly realized that all of a sudden I was being highlighted by a man and a woman and this man and a woman they i would often you see if I was early, I would sit in my car I would read my Bible and All of a sudden, I saw this woman come up to my car and pulling faces at me and growling at me. Um, and, And then, you know, when I got out of the car and I was waiting for my daughter to come out of school, this man would come and he would just stand next to me and looking at and staring at me. I thought, what is going on with these people? Who are they? So I did a bit of research and I discovered that they were both witches. And that he was actually a chief warlock of a witch's coven that was actually based in that village. And uh, it was really intimidating and scary and and I, at the first I just didn't know how to handle this I and then I went and spoke to some of my friends about it and they were like, said, oh, are you sure? Are you sure? There's not really witches. Not re- It's not real, is it? You know, people just, you know, just couldn't accept that, that, that actually this was going on. And And I knew what was going on. And I knew that they were trying to put curses on us. Things were starting to happen in our our business. Uncomfortable stuff was starting to happen. And I knew they had targeted us. But I didn't know why. I didn't understand why. All of a sudden, is it just because I'm a Christian? I didn't understand. And It was quite amazing because one day I was standing outside the barn, and I always had to go regularly just to make sure that the builders were actually doing some work. (laughs) Half the time they sunbathed, aren't they? Anyway, I went along to check on them, and the neighbour across the road she came across and spoke to me, and she said, "Hi, you know, I'm so glad you are doing something with that place." And I said, "Why?" Oh, she said, "You wouldn't understand what went on in that place." I said, "Well, what do you mean?" There was witches in that place and they used to come and they used to just do all sorts of things in that barn and chanting and all sorts of things went on there. She says, and I was, I hated it. It was horrible. She said, now you're coming and it's going to be changed into a house. It's going to be wonderful. That was what God was saying. He was asking us to reclaim the land. It started to click and make sense. It wasn't about us just building this house. It was about claiming the land back that the enemy had tried to destroy and to steal. And, uh, you know, we actually had to get a prayer team in because I had lots of encounters of, of um, demons chasing me around the barn. When I was walking around and I was checking that the work had been done. And one day I was I was checking stuff upstairs and I turned around and also this black figure just came at me out of the blue and chased me all along the the top floor and uh, I just said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I command it out and it just gone like that. You see, the thing is, we don't have to be fearful of the enemy. We don't have to be fearful of witchcraft. We don't have to be fearful of demons, because by the blood of Jesus, we are set free. And so we got our prayer team in, we prayed around the barn, we prayed inside the barn, and we saw an amazing breakthrough, and it was incredible. And I used to drive past um, this house where these witches lived, and I used to say, Lord, please send them away, please send them away. And God said to me, don't curse them, bless them. And that taught me a lot in prayer, because often, you know, if there's people we don't like and situations we can't cope with, we tend to say, oh, deal with that, get rid of that, get rid of it. But actually, as soon as I started to pray blessings on them, they'd moved away to another country. You know, and that is unbelievable. That's blessings can actually break the curses. Thank you, Father. Do you know, we used to run, once we built the house, it's called Benaiah Barn because that means the house that God built. And after we built it straight away, we started running prayer nights every night, every week, through the night in our home. Uh, we had a 24-7 prayer room. People came from all over and prayed. They used to book into the prayer room. And then they used to say, I didn't want to go into, because they used to divide it into different sections. They used to say, I didn't want to go into that section because somebody was kneeling, praying. Well, I had the booking form. There was nobody there. It was angels was there, but there was no actually other person there. So people saw angels in the prayer room, uh, in our house, um, and amazing things happened. But, you know, it's a battle. And what happened was, you know, things really got difficult in our business. We were being really hit hard in our business. And I was so desperate one day. And I was just saying, God, I just can't cope with this. And Jack had gone up to Scotland uh, to see his family. And I just... We had a stone floor, we still have, in our kitchen. I had lay on that stone floor and I lay before God and I just say, God, you say even the stones will cry out. Even the stones will cry out. You see, when you're desperate and you think nobody can hear... God says, even the stones will cry out. And that's what happened. And I lay there crying to God, weeping to God. God, you say you will do this. Your promises are yes and amen. And as soon as I prayed that prayer, there was a knock on the door. And I went to the door and I thought, who is at this door? And as my mascara was running down my face, I looked horrendous. I opened this door and this woman who was dressed in all these old clothes, very old fashioned, was standing there. And she said, this is a house of prayer. This is a house of prayer. She says, and I was like horrified, like, how does she know? I've never met you in my life. She said, she said do not be Do not be fearful. Do not be fearful. She said, God has heard your prayers. Then she went on and poured out all this stuff that only Jack and myself and God knew. And it was super natural stuff. Absolutely unbelievable stuff. Do you know, one morning I woke up and um, I was so desperate. We'd been through so much going on, uh, so much pain, so much heartache. And I just said, God oh God, I just wish I could have a hug from you. I just wanted a real hug. Do you know what I mean? You just sometimes just need a hug. I just wanted a God hug that morning. I woke up and I said, God, I just want a hug from you. Well, literally, I'm not kidding. About an hour after that, there was a knock on the door. I opened the door. This lady was there. She stepped in and hugged me. And There absolutely is no words. I cannot put into words the sense of love that I experienced from that hug. It was like a shaft of light just coming upon me. Sorry, Chris. Coming down upon me. And honestly, I have never, ever, ever experienced a love like that. This is a love you will experience, guys, when you go to heaven. It is unbelievable love. The strength of it is incredible. It has such power and anointing. And I just stood there and I wept and wet this woman and drips of tears all over her and just wept. She didn't have to say anything. She just came because God told her to hug me. And the presence was strong. That is our God. He is supernatural. He's a miracle God. You know, we had many, many miracles happen. We had thousands of pounds put through our door. <laughs> because of what happened through our business, we lost our business. Our bi- our, our, we lost money. Our bank accounts were frozen. Our cars were taken. They wanted to come after our house. You know, things All hell broke out against us. You see, when you want God in your life, you have to go deep. And sometimes that is tough, going deep. Because the enemy hates you going deep. And he'll throw everything he can in his power at you to destroy you. But the thing is, no weapon formed against you will prosper. No weapon formed against you will prosper, ever formed against you will prosper. And so, you know, God, just incredible stuff we had. Food, I'd open the door and there'd be bags of food (laughs) lying there. And, you know, every time we had our prayer, nobody knew about what we were going through. Because we didn't want to tell people, we want it to happen supernaturally. Not that there's anything wrong in sharing your needs, there's nothing wrong in that, and that's good to do that. But in this situation, we saw God coming in a different way, and he just took us on a different journey. You know, our example, you know, connections with T.D. Jakes supernatural we used to play his stuff through the prayer nights and joke about one day we'll meet him god did that he put us in a situation where we actually met him and meet him every year now for years you know it's incredible and have meals with him and have been ordained at the potter's house by him how supernatural is that that is an open door there's people all over the nations would long for that But God, why us? We're nobody. But God opens doors if you're really hungry. If you really know God, he'll open those doors, I promise you. The same with Bonnie Mahesh. Bonnie Mahesh has prayed over our children. Charlene knows she was there. They prayed over us for restoration. That God would do something significant in our life. Something supernatural in our life that our life would be turned around. Did we know then that God was going to call us to plant the Freedom Center? No, but he did. He was all preparation. This was our preparation to get ready, to get ready. Open door. You know, the same with meeting someone like Paul Demacaron in India. This man of God sees millions of people saved and healed and restored. His father had encounters with God in heaven. And now he is in heaven. He's with his father in heaven. Hallelujah. But his son has got the same anointing. And his son is amazing. God took us to his house. we, And he gave us money to sow into our ministry, what we were doing in in India. Because God opened the door for us to pray and to, to minister to his staff in his prayer towers. They have prayer towers in different nations. And it's, oh, they're incredible. And God opened the doors for, for us to go and minister to these amazing people. To go and teach in Karenia University to all these thousands of students. And I think, goodness, I'm not bright enough to speak to students. <laughs> I haven't got those brains But that's God. He opens supernatural doors. Isn't he great? He's great. He's exciting. Oh, I just, I can't express it too much. But it's just so incredible, the doors he will open. You know, these things just don't happen. They don't happen by chance. They happen through prayer. You know, God knows that that I love prayer. He keeps waking me up all the time. (laughs) He wakes me up so I will pray. And for years, I have interceded for the nations during the night. I prayed through the night because I know that that is a key. And I know that if you're obedient, you see, when God calls you, He tells you to surrender. He tells you to be obedient. He calls you into a different realm of life with him. You see, when you have a conversation with Jesus, it's not praying. It's not just about, we call it prayer. It's talking to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we have that direct privilege to be able to do that. You're having a conversation. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You're having a conversation with your heavenly father. You're having a conversation with the prince of peace. Hallelujah. 24-7, he is there. 24-7, he is there. You know, God just calls us to surrender to him. And it's, that's what it's about. You know, our pride gets in the way, our, our thought patterns, God puts stuff in our head that's a load of nonsense sometimes, our jealousy, our competition, you know, whatever it is, he, the enemy uses everything to stop you from getting to where you're meant to be. But all God calls you to do is just surrender. You see, as a kid, it was simple for me. I, I didn't find it hard. I just knew it was right. It was right to submit to God's will. It was right to surrender to him. It wasn't a struggle. It isn't if you submit to God. He calls us to surrender. You know, in Luke, it says, Ask and you'll get. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will open. Don't bargain with God. Be direct. So, when your kids want something, do they just say, Oh, I've been thinking that if I needed some time and some strength and some energy, maybe I could walk to the shop with you. And maybe in that shop, there's a toy I happen to want. And if I have that toy and you get your money out, then maybe you could buy this for me and it would belong to me. Do you think your kids would say that? They'll say, I want this toy. Can you buy it now? <laughs> and that's what God wants just be real just be real there's no fear before God just ask him what you want and and, you know it took me a long time to learn that sometimes because honestly sometimes I was like oh please God if it's okay can you and he told me off he told me off you know, I've been blessed because God has sent angels to me to tell me off. And and actually, I did once. I was so in tears when this uh, person, this messenger turned up. And she said, stop crying. Stop crying. Just ask what you want. And she said to me, no. Oh, okay, okay. I won't cry again. There's <laughs> nothing wrong in crying. But in that situation, I understood. Um, I was pr- crying a bit too much. But, you know... Um, God says to you, it's okay to cry, but there's a time sometimes just shut up, stop muttering on, and just tell me what you want. You know, just tell him. You know, it's fantastic. There's so much more of God. So much more of God. You know, we've just got to open our eyes, our ears, our mind, our spirit. Just open, just, just open it all up and you'll see a different side of God you've never ever seen before. He's exciting, he's fun. You're his kid, he wants to have fun with you. When you get to heaven, you're not gonna be stuffy and boring. You're gonna be running around, leaping around, climbing the hills, picking the flowers, dancing around the throne, having a fun time. Because that's our God, he is fun, he's fun. Do you know what I mean? He wants you to have fun with him. He wants you to be like a kid. Do you know, I, when I'm with God, I am still dancing. I used to love dancing. I'm going to get a bit creaky now. But I do sometimes still dance when Jack's out of the house. Anyway, um, and I love dancing. I love praising God. I can't wait when I'm in heaven and I can get back up on that dancing thing again. I, I just love it. You see, the thing is, I love being a little girl. I'm an old woman getting older in my body, but I'm always a little girl inside with Jesus because I love to have fun with him. I love to have fun with him. He wants you as you are. He knows us. Why do we pretend he doesn't even know us sometimes? I don't get that. He knows everything about us, you know? And so why can't we just be transparent before him? Just be real. Just be transparent. Don't shut him out. Don't shut him out. You know, I know sometimes people are frightened to go deeper. They're frightened to go deeper because they're frightened of what that means or what that is involved in and where that takes you. But the fact is, if you don't go deeper, you're going to miss out on so much. And you'll get to heaven, you'll think, Oh, flipping heck, I wasted so much time on earth. that if I'd have got to know him a bit more, I would have enjoyed it more so enjoy being in God's presence. Enjoy it. Prayer opens doors. Prayer opens doors. Have you got any doors you need opened? Have you got doors? Ask him. Ask him to do it. You see, these people that God led us to, is because I wanted it I wanted to meet these people. You see, I'm not, I'm one of these. It's not good enough to just watch them on a podcast. I want to see them and pray with them. I want to see them and pray with them because I'm going to do that in heaven. So why not here? So, you know, ask God, seek him. You know, you have to be willing, right? These doors, when they open, because you will get doors open, but God gives you a choice. You have a choice. God will not push you through that door. He's not behind you saying, oh, the door's open. Oh, I can't get through. I can't get there, God. Please help me through this door. He is not going to push you through that door. You have to go through it yourself. You have to be willing to walk through that door. You've got to be willing to walk through that door. Yes, there's a price to pay. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, you'll be challenged. But I tell you, it's worth every bit of it. Because when you go through that, you'll see amazing things happen in your life. You know, don't let fear control you. Don't let your past control you. I could have let my past control me. And I could be a real wimp for God. But no, I thought, I'm coming back fighting like a lion. I'm going to be fearless for God. I'm not letting the enemy steal and take away from my life. I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to be roaring for the kingdom. And so we went forward and we planted the Freedom Center. And God has a plan. And we've seen amazing things happen in the nations. And God has a plan for all of you. You're the next generation, some of you. God is going to do incredible things within and through your life. So you've got to rise up and be counted before the King of Kings. Rise up and take hold of what God has promised you. Run with it. Stop saying you're no good. Stop saying I can't do it. Stop saying I'm useless. Stop saying someone's better than me. That's a lie of the enemy. You are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. You're more than conquerors. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that you have opened the door to an incredible life with you. Thank you, Father, that we will see your kingdom come and your will done in our life. That we will see this generation turned around and transformed for the kingdom. That we will see lives healed and saved again, Lord. That this nation will be strong for you again, Father. Lord, we call upon you. give you the praise and the glory because of you Jesus we can do this and we all say amen amen for more information about our church or to access more of our resources please visit thefreedomcenter.com